Stay tuned for Wine Crush, Northwest Wine Stories Uncorked. Welcome to Wine Crush, where winemakers tell the stories behind the vine. Thanks for joining us here on Portland Radio Project. Today, host Heidi Moore will guide us through two stories of local winemakers. The first comes from the oldest running winery in the McMinnville AVA, and the second centers on a family vineyard with an extensive history of working the land. talking with Ariel Everly from Yamhill Valley Vineyards. I am so excited for you and actually Jody both to be here, which we'll get to in just a second. But I know for a fact that you did not start out wanting to make wine. Tell us what you did because you've done a lot of really cool, creative, colorful, non-wine things. <laughs> and wine was the best because I only stayed at any of those places for a year until I found wine, and now I've been doing this for over a decade. So if that gives any weight to how well, colorful and interesting wine is. Absolutely. And but, the color of the wine is, you know, it changes from year to year. So but let's start where you started and then how you got to where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with college. I was pre-med. I wanted to be a chiropractor and or a doctor of some kind. And so I studied pre-med. I graduated Oregon State with a major in biology and a minor in chemistry. And I was working at a biopharmaceutical research lab it's a during college. Yeah. <laughs> R&D, as we say in the industry. And I did that, um, knew that I wanted to move to Portland. So I did that for about six months. That was also my job during college. And Worked in the biology lab there, and it just was very repetitive. There really wasn't a lot of variability to it. You know, you're doing science. So I moved to Portland, and I dipped my toe in the water of the medicine field. I worked at a clinic in the Pearl, and then I worked at OHSU for a year. And it was that point when I really decided that a hospital wasn't the right environment for me. I needed to be outside or traveling. And and so at that point, honestly, the lack of interest in that job led me to teach English in Korea. So I'd be researching other avenues and ways that I could travel and be paid to travel. And that's how I found working as an English teacher in Korea. So they bought me a ticket and I went over there. I didn't know a ton about it, but that's how I spent the next year of my life was in the concrete jungle of Seoul, Korea. How interesting. I would have never thought of choosing Korea as the pit stop in the whole road. Yeah. I mean, it was totally different in every way. Language, culture, just the way that they manage their garbage, all those things become very apparent when you're on the ground and you're there. Um, so I grew an appreciation for Oregon and I'm a native Oregonian, so I don't think I really completely realized how amazing Oregon and specifically the Willamette Valley was until I left and lived somewhere that was so incredibly different. And returning home was like coming to the land of milk, honey, and wine. It it's was. It's just, amazing how much you appreciate where you're from and where you've lived when you've stepped away into something so completely absurdly opposite. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So it was just came home, you know, saw the vineyards, 
going to Korea, before going to Korea, I always was drawn to vineyards, but coming home and being reintroduced to our beautiful valley really is what pushed me into making wine. So I was selling cars and that's the job that I had from when I came home from Korea and there weren't any jobs really. So it was 2008. It was the financial crisis. I got a job selling cars and my sales manager said, you need to be the change you want to see in your sale. And I said, oh, he's butchering Gandhi. I need to be the change I need to see in my life. And I told him, you've inspired me to quit. I'm going to go make wine. And the next summer, I saw him at the Newport Wine and Seafood Festival, and I was behind the counter pouring wine, and he said, you did it. You're here. So that's that was my path. That is pretty amazing and actually gave me goosebumps. So I think we're going to stop right there, and we'll come back in just a second and talk a little bit more wine. Fabulous. Support for Wine Crush comes from Country Financial Insurance, offering simple steps today to solve big problems tomorrow. For more, go to countryfinancial.com. Okay, so now that you have told us how your path got to wine, we need to talk about wine. So I know you've brought me the rosé, which I'm super excited about. It's absolutely delicious. The aromatics are beautiful, but I know you're doing more than just rosé since that is, you know, kind of a derivative of something else. So the floor is yours. Let's talk wine. Well, first I want to point out our rosé, the fruit is designated to the rosé program at Yamhill. So we specifically pull out the the fruit from a block and we dedicate that fruit to our rosé program. So I think you're referring to Saunier and we we don't do Saunier for our rosé. We're pressing that fruit and it's all going to the rosé. We also make Chardonnay, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris, Riesling. And our property is 80% Pinot Noir. So the bulk of what we're making is Pinot Noir. And then we have an awesome opportunity to work with this really old vine Riesling and Pinot Gris that offers amazing complexity from the site and the vine age and the fact that those are own rooted vines. It's a really unique farming and thing to work with at this age of the Willamette Valley right now. Absolutely. So how long has Yamhill Valley Vineyards been basically in in existence? So I know they are one of the older vineyards in the area and you are newer, but not really newer to the site and to the vineyard itself. Yeah. Yeah. So we are the second oldest vineyard in the AVA, the McMinnville AVA, and we're the oldest winery in the McMinnville AVA. So the vineyard was first planted in 1983 and then the winery was built in 1985. The first few vintages, Dennis Berger, our our owner, along with his wife, Elaine McCall, they did their first vintages at Sokol Blosser. And then when they built the winery on Yam Hill's vineyard, uh, they did every vintage from 1985 onward on site. So when we pick fruit, it's on our crush pad within 30 minutes or less. It's a really awesome way to improve your quality without trucking it all over. And you get it sooner and you get to work with it. And that freshness shows. Absolutely. So what is the vision for the wine? And what are you doing now that's maybe different from somebody else? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, our history is a big part of our future. So 
I like to start by acknowledging the foundation that the Berger family, and that's, you know, Dennis and Elaine, uh, Dennis's two sons, Greg and Denny, who helped plant the vineyard, uh, our, our other owner, David Henricks and, and his son, uh, they were out there planting the vineyard in the 80s and running the tasting room where when a car drove up, they'd be out there on their dirt bikes and come in and uh, pour some wine, pour some wine for people. Oh, so so it's really rustic and just kind of that old pioneer vibe. Um, also, Stephen Carey, our winemaker that was with us for 27 years, laid a, a very significant foundation. And that's the foundation that now I have the opportunity to build on. And really, I see my role, because we are all estate-grown, produced, and bottled, my role is to get to know the site. And that's what I've spent the last decade doing, uh, working with Stephen, learning the blocks, comparing notes. And now um, my goal is to find the best place for every single block within our wine program. So fine-tuning the winemaking, using experimentation, using different yeast, different winemaking techniques. And really, my goal is to make better wine every single year and to improve. And, you know, that goes along with my philosophy for myself, you know, always improving. So that's the future, bigger and better. And you can check out our new labels. That's something that's very much an important step along our path uh, was coming to our new label. We had many labels over the last 35 years, and now we're hoping to stick with this one for the next 35 years. So That's perfect. And I don't even know where to go with that other than saying <laughs> we're going to come back in a minute and talk to Jody Wrigley with Jay Wrigley Vineyards. Yeah. You're listening to the PRP Podcast Co-op on Portland Radio Project at 99.1 in the heart of Portland and streaming worldwide at PRP.FM. Welcome back to Wine Crush, the podcast for wine lovers. Let's meet our next guest today, Jody Wrigley from J. Wrigley Wine. Thanks, Jody. I know you guys commuted out together because you're besties and you're, yep. I'm just so excited that you guys are both here. So you are one half of the J. Wrigley team and the other half is also a J. Wrigley. Correct. And, yes. yes. And you guys have the cutest, most romantic, most goosebump ridden story that I've heard in a long time. So I want you to start and finish it and I'm going to sit here and be quiet. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And to be with Ariel is amazing. So I believe that all good love stories start with two things. That is an open heart and a great glass of wine. I can't disagree with that. And it is true. So I knew nothing about Oregon wines. Pinot Noir, and eh, never drank it. I always drank just big California Merlots and um, Chardonnay was my two favorites, big oaky shards. So I had a friend who said, I want you to come to Oregon. I want you to meet my brother. Well, I was kind of over men at the time, like seriously over them. <laughs> so I said, oh, no, not only no, hell no. So and then she asked me again. I said, no, I really don't want to go. She asked me a third time and I'd been drinking Chardonnay. I said, all right, fine, I'll go, I'll go. Um, only to drink Pinot because I knew nothing about it. So jump on the airplane, get off. I'm at the luggage carousel. Her brother gets, meets us there. And I look at this guy and I said, hmm, well, this ought to be an interesting weekend. <laughs> so he was looking for vineyard property. So he said, she's going to be super bored. 
And I said, I'm just drinking, so make sure he knows this is not a hookup. <laughs> so we ventured off and we went to, um, we started sipping wine. And we went to, I think we were at the Evergreen Aviation Museum and we were doing one of their shows. It was a wine show outside. So I'm sipping around. I'm like, oh, this is yummy. This is this is super yummy. So it made my yummy scale or it didn't. <laughs> and <laughs> Which one, is infamous, by the way. It is, absolutely. It's yeah. on some of our bottles. So uh, anyway, so this one guy says, hey, have you looked at the McMinnville ABA? And John, I didn't know what he was talking about, but John said, I've tasted everywhere, but I haven't looked for property there. So we get to the edge of our property, and he looks up, and our property now, he looks up and he said, that's the place. We are talking less than 24 hours after we met. We hiked in together, and we had our first kiss on that property. Aww. So I both more, of us, I got more goosebumps. Both of us, both of us had corporate lifestyles. Neither of us had children. Neither of us was looking. And it, sometimes things just happen. They happen for a reason. So we sipped Pinot that weekend. And let's see, two days later, I said, I'll buy this place with you. And he's looking at me thinking, wow, okay. And anyways, we both declared our love for each other virtually that weekend. And really kind of the rest is history. And neither of us had children, but now we have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. We have 15 acres of vines and 200 acres of property. And it's we still, 12 years later, have the same amount of beautiful passion for each other and for the place. So one of our core values at Jay Wrigley's family, and we started that way. So we treat all of our, um, we treat each other. And then our extended family, which my parents moved to the vineyard and they lived with us. My dad passed away at the vineyard. Um, and Nana is and the, Nana's the, the head, cook. the head cook at J. Ray yes. Vineyards. And yes. she's adorable. She I met is. her when I was there the yeah. other day. So, so truly, truly, it's true. I will say that wine brings people together. But that place just isn't where you fell in love. It's also there's a more oh, significance no. to that as well. Because we have two bottles of wine here that are showing That's right. the name. So make sure you tell me what that is, and then we'll go into the uh, wines here in just a minute. So okay. hold tight. Okay. We'll come right back, Super. and we'll start talking about the blocks and also Great. the wine. Support for Wine Crush comes from Country Financial Insurance, offering simple steps today to solve big problems tomorrow. For more, go to countryfinancial.com. So we alluded to what these two blocks of grapes, these special grapes, these special areas on the vineyard were, along with the names of the wines that you brought us to enjoy, which you brought us a Pinot and a Chardonnay, which just thank you. It's You're always welcome. so nice when we yeah. get beautiful wine in here. We all all enjoy it. Yeah. So let's go back to the story and why yeah. why are they named that and what is the names and the significance to them? Okay. So um, I think I, I think I mentioned that so well, I didn't mention this. So we have our acceptance block Chardonnay, but our proposal block Pinot Noir. So our very first block we ever planted was um, at the top of the vineyard, and it really is spectacular. If I could take you to the place, when you look out, you see the flat of Mount St. Helens, you see Mount Hood, you see Mount Jefferson, and you see Sisters. You see it all. 
which I was blown away because yeah. I've been to some high spots in the Willamette Valley and I've never seen the sisters over the top of right. of the Cascades yeah. there. So it was just phenomenal to be able to see that when John pointed it out to me when we were drinking wine on the patio the other day. So we found our property, fell in love the very weekend that we met wine tasting. And then we closed on the property six months later. And when we closed on the property, John hiked me in to the very top. And I, I mean, I'm not a young person. So in other words, getting married wasn't kind of in my wheelhouse, falling in love for sure. Well, he proposed to me at the top of the vineyard, which wasn't a vineyard yet. We started from scratch. So that is our first block of Pinot Noir that we planted is the proposal block. And then because I'm such a Chardonnay hound, I said, well, you know, we got to have Chardonnay. So he planted a block of Chardonnay for me, and we called that the acceptance block. So and he made it exactly the way I like it. So it's 50% stainless, 50% neutral oak, and it's just, it's super high on my yummy scale. Like, seriously. Is so that a five like, star? Oh, it's five Superstar. Yes. Live yes. superstar. Live superstar. <laughs> but we do our we do our proposal block. It's extended barrel age, so that, that means it is in barrel for two years. So it's extra luscious and it's really our high-end reserve wine. And then because family is our one of our core values, and like I said, um, John invited my parents to live with us and we took care of them until my dad died, which Ariel knows my dad really well too. So we built our tasting room from scratch with our own hands. And my dad had a stroke just after we finished, and so John planted, uh, we call it Poppy's Block. It's a single clone Vaudensville, so he planted that so my dad could sit on our deck down at the house and watch the vineyard oh, grow. Oh, that's so sweet. That block, and he's integral. My dad was a construction worker, and he drove tractors, so he um, was always, always helping John on the farm. And then um, his grandma Brog, she is, so John is from German heritage. And so he planted one acre of Riesling really just for grandma Brog. And he took her plantings from their family farm, which is an over 100 year registered cattle brand, which is our brand. But he planted and he took her plantings from her rose garden. He planted those at the end of the vines. And it's that Riesling that just was voted number 14 out of 100 in the world by wine enthusiasts. That's amazing. That's a huge so, congratulations. Yeah. So and he does it he does it a dry style, so it's very much Germanic style. As most Germans will tell you, all the best Rieslings don't leave Germany. And then we've had so many people from Germany say, "Oh my god, this is delicious." So that so we have we have Grandma Brogs, we have Poppy's Block, we have Proposal and Acceptance. So what's the plans going forward? Are we having more blocks planted yeah. somewhere? Okay. Yeah. What are so, those? So it's really interesting as you ask me that question because I think as we move forward that we really we, – we go with our core values and what does that mean? So John and I have a beautiful family. So we really need the familia block. What does that look like? And what is that going to be the combination thereof? And so our growth going forward is that we continue to – build our extended family, which is our, right? It's our family. It's our customers. And it's how we make you feel when you come to our place. Absolutely. And that's where we move forward. Perfect. Yeah. We That was a great way to end. And we're going to come back and talk to the two of you together about how special and amazing the McMinnville AVA is. Okay. 
You're listening to the PRP Podcast Co-op on Portland Radio Project at 99.1 in the heart of Portland and streaming worldwide at PRP.fm. We left off talking about how um, how we're going to talk about the McMinnville AVA. It is a unique AVA. It is a small AVA as far as I think numbers and wineries and vineyards, and you're both in you're both in it. Yeah. So I, the AVAs are so integral and they're so individualized that it's really interesting to hear what you guys think makes you guys so different and, and unique and mm-hmm. stand out from the rest. So I, yeah. I really want to focus a little bit on that and let you take it. Sure. Yeah. So I would say um, McMinnville AVA, Eola Amity Hills AVA, and Van Duzer AVA have that Van Duzer effect. We're all very close to the Pacific Ocean. McMinnville AVA is about an hour from the Pacific Ocean. So we have a lot of that coastal impact, more so than further inland. And what that means for our growing region is cooler temperatures. So we're going through bud break right now, and we're about one to two weeks later than like Dundee Hills, Shahila Mountains. And that goes for all of our physiological markers with the grapevines. So veraison, when the grapes change color, harvest, those are all going to be a little bit later because we're cooler. Um, another big piece of it is the wind that comes from the Van Duzer. It Not only does it have that cooling effect, but it also has the wind itself. And what the grape does in response to the wind is it thickens its skins. And if you think about more skins, you think about more structure, more intensity, more flavor, more aromatics. And so the thing that I notice as a theme through McMinnville AVA wines is structure and longevity. And that's because of the tannin that's coming from that response to the wind. And our soils is another really important piece of that puzzle for every AVA. So for McMinnville AVA, we have both volcanic dominant soils and marine sedimentary dominant soils. So we're pulling, again, structure and longevity from those soils. So I would say when you go out and you're tasting McMinnville AVA wines, think about what it tastes like right now in your glass and what it tastes like in 10 minutes or when you swirl it or when you aerate it. Because these wines can tend to be very uh, tightly structured, but they open up with some oxygen and time and patience. And it's also a really awesome thing to be able to taste it now and then taste it later. And so just from like the general consumer drinking standpoint, because as I've said, I was an expert sipper of wine even before I came here. For me, and I'm so glad that John fell in love with this AVA. So he was just like Ariel, very technical. They can assess wines really, really well. But when you come into our area, what you will find is the big wines. They're big. They're big. They're dark. They're beautiful. They're garnet. They're just gorgeous to look at. And they're, they've got the viscosity that, for me, I want. And that doesn't happen in the other AVAs. So if you've ever had that glass of wine that you just go, eh, okay, I guess, right? Like it's thin. And sure. other AVAs. And are in, so there's what, five, how many AVAs, Ariel? Five or six, maybe? And McMinnville is that. It's going to be that big wine that's going to say, drink me. It's 
interesting with the two of you as well, the elevation is a huge difference between Yamhill Valley Vineyards and Jay Wrigley's. So, and I know that affects the wine as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of vineyards, even though we are in the same AVA, there's all these microclimates within our properties and within the AVA, right. for sure. And then they, well, I don't know how much more time we have to talk, but the coolest part about all of it is that some people say the wine starts in the vineyard. Some people say it starts in the winery. And what I think it starts is in really the heart of the winemaker. It does, because they are expressing their heart. I love it. I love all of that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what you guys are up to, both at your vineyards and at the wineries in just a moment. Fantastic. Sounds great. Support for Wine Crush comes from Country Financial Insurance, offering simple steps today to solve big problems tomorrow. For more, go to countryfinancial.com. I think we've covered almost everything other than what you guys are doing for fun up at the wineries, the vineyards, and what's coming up in the near future, because it is almost summer. Keep our fingers crossed that it starts, you know, sun shining out. So what's going on? Theoretically, it will. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, both the the coolest part about um, Yamhill Valley Vineyards and Jay Wrigley Vineyards is we have stuff happening all the time. So if you go to our websites... You will see events that are listed throughout the season. but So I'll just tell you a couple that are happening at our place. Um, we have a Memorial Day weekend. We are doing a three-day live country music festival. So there's live music. How come I didn't hear about this the other day? Well, That's... apparently I'm not a good marketer. Apparently I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got great live bands. So come and dance. We've got... Um, barbecue and just three days of greatness, I think, out there. So that's super great. And then our other biggest thing that's on the horizon is, well, first of all, for our wine club, we always do great, great stuff. So if you join our wine club, there's all kinds of great events happening that way. So I would check into that. So the other super great event that's going on is our winery opening. So we break ground on our estate winery in two weeks. And like Ariel was talking about, how great that is for her as a winemaker is the fruit, the winemaker goes into the vineyard and says, perfect. We're picking that at 6 a.m. The winemaker is standing right on site. The grapes are picked and you have the freshest of fruit. Now that is the coolest thing ever. So for, you know, for my husband who's been making wine for 10 years, now he's he's got that opportunity. So we're doing a two-day, again, live music. Uh, we're members of several chambers of commerce. So we're going to do a ribbon breaking and live music to kick off of our estate winery. And that is in October. And that's it, like a total wine extravaganza. It is. At yes. the top of the world. Yeah. Because it, yeah. truly it is at the top of the world up there. Yeah. And if you yeah. haven't visited, you probably ought to. Yeah. So yeah. beautiful. Hey, Ariel. What's going on up at Yamhill Valley? Uh, Yamhill Valley, I just want to give a shout out to Great Northwest Wines. They recently declared Yamhill Valley Vineyards Oregon Winery of the Year. So whoop, that's whoop. A whoop, whoop. thank you for that that's, recognition. It's That's huge excitement. And that. I had forgotten to mention that. So thank you for bringing that back around and giving you guys some serious accolades for that. that. Is, that's that amazing. Is amazing. Amazing. It makes yes. us feel very good and it's incredibly encouraging. So 
Yeah, that's definitely worth mentioning. Um, We also have some winemaker dinners that are coming up. So uh, I'll be partnering with Steamboat Inn. This will be the 26th annual winemaker dinner with the Steamboat Inn down in the Umpqua Valley off of the Steamboat River that where it meets with the Umpqua River. And I'm going to tell you that is like a super fantastic spot. Beautiful so spot. I would if you really wanted to just go to a place to us to just be right on the river and you feel like you're in what is that movie? You know, a uh, river runs that's through the it. one you're right there and you get a beautiful Beautiful winemaker dinner and Yamhill Valley Vineyards has this the most amazing connection with them. So Yeah, we've yeah. we've built up the Steamboat Pinot Noir Conference and that was Stephen Carey's brainchild with some other pioneers of the the Pinot Noir land that is in Oregon, California, New Zealand, South Africa, all of us coming together at Steamboat Inn. So it's always awesome to go back it's there. Cool. That sounds magnificent. It's cool. We're partnering. It's worth just going. It's, it is mm-hmm. magical. We're partnering with Nick's Italian Cafe out of McMinnville. Which so they are cool. fabulous as well. Yeah, it'll be a, a very fun weekend, fun event that's happening May 31st. And then we're also doing a winemaker dinner with the Abbey Road Farm. In July, so you can check us out there. We'll be doing a winemaker dinner as well with Taste on 23rd in Portland, Oregon. Uh, That's in June. So you can hit us up at all of our our winemaker dinner events and always come out and see us at our property. Um, We are doing an AVA event in August, the first Saturday in August, where we're going to combine forces with the nine wineries within the McMinnville AVA and have a sensory playground event to explore Okay, I'm sorry. A sensory playground. We all must go. It's going to be fun. There'll be wine. There'll be food, tasting things, feeling things, massage therapist, um, essential oils. You know, we got to go. You guys come out and check it out. It'll be at Yamhill Valley Vineyards, but the McMinnville AVA will be represented there. That is beyond. I don't even know where to go with that, other than saying thank you, ladies, for an amazing show. We got the goosebumps, we got the feelers, we got the wine, we got the something to look forward to, and I could not thank you enough. Thanks, thank Heidi. you so thank much. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank you for joining us for the seventh episode of Wine Crush Season 2. Have a great weekend, and we will see you at the bottom of the glass. Nice job. Because for all the things Ariel just talked about... That's right. You, you get accidentally summoned me. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a break. Dang, and I was like on a roll. <laughs>